you're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Toks Arotere. This is episode 32. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe in taking action on what we know to be true, not what we see to be true. Episode 32 is Faith Over Fear, Harnessing the Power Within. Hey sis, hey bro, (laughs) how are you? No, really, how are you? Do you find that your default answer is fine, thank you, and you, even when it's not fine? Now here's a tip. If you don't want to divulge to everyone you meet how you really are feeling or how you're really doing, why don't you ask and then answer that question to yourself every day? Because fine can mean so many things. It can mean I'm awesome, I'm happy, I'm hopeful, everything's perfect. Or it can mean I'm discouraged and I'm fed up and I'm weary and I want to sleep. (laughs) Either way, I think it's good practice to ask yourself this question first thing in the morning and answer first thing in the morning. You don't have to take more than a minute to do it because it's a way of getting to know yourself really well and also learning to separate your emotions because we tend to lump everything into one big feeling and we say things like, I'm afraid when really we're just anxious or I'm happy when you're more than happy, you're ecstatic. Well, I've had an interesting week. I've been to the shop way more times than I wanted to. And my concern right now is this. I don't want to slip back into the pre-COVID lifestyle of business because I prefer to have a Uh, more of a laid-back lifestyle now, doing my work, doing the best I can, being with my family, but also not plugging every single moment with work. So I've become a bit more alert because I know my tendency to just keep going and not stop. Today we'll be talking about fear and faith. And this episode is inspired by my dear friend EJ who uh, commented on a post I put on Instagram last week. Last week or this week? I think it was this week. If there's one emotion I've experienced, possibly more than any other negative one, it's got to be fear. Because as I speak, I'm planning a business venture that will move me in the direction of some of my life goals, but I am afraid. Fear has shown up and camped itself right next to me, daring me to proceed. And at the moment, I'm going to be honest with you, fear is winning. As a Christian, faith should be the marker of our lives. You know, there are other attributes like love and humility and forgiveness, but faith in a God that you can't see, that's a biggie. But I've also seen that both fear and faith can sometimes feel the same because there's a level of anxiety that comes with the audacity to do what seems impossible. And there's also a clear-cut fear that shows up when you think about doing what you want to do. 
In a previous episode, I talked about Packard and Gira. And these are two types of fear that was explained by a Jewish rabbi. Packard is the debilitating fear, the one that stops you from doing extraordinary things. This is what I guess you would call this the lesser fear because it doesn't actually produce anything. Instead, it's limiting and it keeps us in our comfort zone where we think it's safe. And then there's Yira. Yira is the type of fear that Moses experienced when he stood in front of the burning bush. And it's the fear of stepping into a space that's bigger than you. If you don't know the story, Moses was in the wilderness minding his business when he noticed a strange sight. A bush was on fire, (laughs) yet the leaves did not burn up. Just imagine that craziness. So he went closer. First he was curious, but he was also afraid. And God spoke and said, remove your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. So he was afraid. That fear he felt in that amazing sight and just hearing the voice of God is called Yira. And in the same way, when we step into a dream, because our ambitions should be more significant and should be bigger than us, we feel this higher type of fear. It's like stepping into a large hole alone, an empty hole, knowing that you're supposed to grow and fill it. But sometimes we don't experience one fear or the other, kind of like I'm doing now, because I have an audacious business goal and I'm staring at the first step towards making it happen and I'm too scared because I feel the lesser fear telling me all types of reasons why I should remain in my comfort zone. But at the same time, I'm experiencing Yira, (laughs) the feeling that I'm about to delve into this ethereal space that I will one day feel, and I'm excited about it. So my Yira is accompanied by faith because I believe in the possibility of seeing something invisible come to life, which is what faith is. Faith is more than believing in an unseen God. It is the practice of converting an invisible concept, like a thought or a dream or an idea, into a visible reality that your senses can experience and all the people can experience. So you've heard me talk about the spirit, soul and body and living from the inside out is living from the core of who you are. At the very center is your spirit and then your soul, which is the container for your mind and then your body, which forms the outer shell. And faith is a function of the spirit. It's not part of the physical part of you. It's not part of your body. And it's not actually part of your mind, which is where your emotions are. It is birthed in your spirit and it's exercised by your spirit, whilst emotions like fear are birthed in the mind. So we have fear and happiness and joy and and all of these feelings, they tend to float around like air. And this is, these are analogies that I'm going to use to help you picture um, the difference between faith and fear. So emotions tend to float around like air, and therefore they are easily retrieved. I mean, just like you're surrounded by air, you could say that it's floating around in your mind. Because have you ever gone from extreme panic to relief? and share joy, like literally in 10 seconds, 
Let's say you receive a phone call and you hear the words, our friend Peter is dead. And your heart drops <laughs> as you begin to scream, only for the other person on the other end to say, uh, why are you screaming? I said, our friend Peter's there. I didn't say he's dead. So the emotions change again. Emotions are very, very changeable and they take up the shape of whatever space they're in. So you can get filled with fear or you can be filled with joy. And in that moment, you can also be having other emotions where you're not going to feel them because uh, this, I guess the fear or the joy or whatever it is has floated to the top and that's what's preeminent in your mind. So when we consult our emotions, which are transient, and look to them for guidance, we're risking a lot. <laughs> we're putting a lot on the line. Whereas faith is rooted in the spirit and it's not an emotion. Faith does not change based on, on uh, circumstances. And that's why Jesus said, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So when you feel that your faith in the unseen has diminished or you just don't feel as filled with faith as you once did, a lot of times it's your emotions that have come to the surface of your mind and you're drawing conclusions from those emotions as opposed to drawing it from what your spirit is telling you. Now, how can we tell the difference between faith and fear? Because if you've ever tried to do something daring and you are drawing from faith, chances are you have felt a quickening of your heartbeat. And of course, fear is even more obvious. So I'll share three main differences that I have observed about faith versus fear. Number one, faith draws from the future, while fear feeds on past or current circumstances. A practice that I recommend to anyone with goals is to create a vision board. When I made my first board, it was done online. I did it digitally and I uh, uh, grabbed images from, from Google images and stuck them on a board and created a mosaic about it. And one of my goals was to open a baby furniture boutique on an affluent shopping street in London. So I searched Google images for affluent high street London and the street sign for Kings Road came up. I then clipped the image and I used that on my board. And over the years, I got so used to seeing it that I wasn't exactly working towards the goals anymore, but it was there and I could see it. And today, that exact street sign sits on the building of my shop and on the days that I get discouraged or if I feel tired or weary or just not, you know, not on top of the world and I begin to doubt my own ability or I doubt my whole life, because <laughs> sometimes it gets that bad, I look up at that sign just before I step into the shop and it reminds me that this building, this sign, once upon a time only existed on a piece of paper on the wall in my room, and now it's a physical entity. Faith is the conversion of an imagined thing into its physical state. And the space between creating that board and opening the boutique had a lot of fearful moments, but the fear did not 
interfere with the faith because the faith has its roots in my spirit. Faith isn't transient. Faith doesn't come and go, even though it might feel that way. What we tend to call our faith diminishing is just a greater awareness of an emotion such as fear. And fear would remind me frequently that I had failed in the past. It would use my past experiences to tell me that my future was in danger or that the imagination I had of my future was not realistic. And sometimes it would tell me to look at my current circumstances, like my bank balance, and would even ask me how I thought my audacious, senseless plans would work. And each time I succumbed to fear, it was because I did look around me for evidence that what the fear was telling me was true. And I would look back and I would see my past failures and I would look at my current limitations and they all said the same thing. Protect yourself. Don't risk failure again. You know, because fear uses words and phrases like this time it might not work or you're doing this again or it's going to happen just like before and not again. And, and all of these limiting phrases, whereas faith uses words and phrases like I will, I'm going to, I am able, I will grow into it. And so remember that faith is not an emotion. So don't wait to feel pumped before taking that step. Because it doesn't rely on how we feel and it also doesn't rely on perception. Anything we can see or um, touch or smell, it doesn't rely on our senses. The senses is for the body while faith is in our spirit or is a function of the spirit. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. I also want to point out that it's possible to have faith and fear at the same time, because they're not coming from the same space. Just like you can feel happy and I can, you know, you can feel, a di you can feel, you can burn your finger and at the same time feel joyful. Not because you'd burned the finger, but there is something greater that's bringing you joy. And the, the pain that you feel when the fire hits your skin is not experienced in the same space that you're experiencing joy because joy is felt in your emotions. And it's the same thing with faith. Just because you are faith-filled does not mean that you're incapable of feeling fear because fear is not from your spirit. The second observation I've noticed as it relates to fear versus faith or faith versus fear is that faith requires action while fear hates movement. You've heard this phrase or the idiom frozen with fear, and it's not that distant because we've all been frozen with fear. Fear has this way of paralyzing you and rooting you to the spot. Don't know if you've watched the movie Ransom with Mel Gibson, and his son in the movie demonstrated this perfectly. Here's a brief of the story. If you haven't watched it, and if you haven't watched it, you would love it, even though I'm about to tell you the whole thing. <laughs> so Mel Gibson's character's son, Mel Gibson's character was called Tom, and the son was called Sean. Sean was kidnapped. I think he was probably about five or six or seven. And the kidnappers asked for a hefty ransom. And 
Tom was a multimillionaire. He was willing to pay. But at some point, he decided against it because he felt that if he paid the ransom, they were still going to kill his son and they were going to take his money. So he called the bluff of the kidnappers and decided to use the money. He turned, I don't remember how much it was, let's say a million dollars. And he said he was going to use that as a reward for anyone who caught the kidnapper or brought his son alive. And so his son is found alive and this bounty hunter turns up and say, and the thing was, what he said was, there'll be no questions asked. Just bring my son, no questions asked. And so this guy turns up with his son and he comes to collect his check as promised. And then Tom suggests that they meet, that he meets his son. And just as he's writing the check, uh, Sean begins to come. I think the nanny or his mom or someone brings him. And as he walks towards his father's office, he hears the, key, the, the, the voice of the bounty hunter and recognizes it because that was the same person who had kidnapped him. And he just stands there frozen and begins to wee on himself because he was frozen in fear. You know, the normal reaction you'd imagine was you hear the voice and you quickly run or the little boy would quickly run to his mom and whisper that's him or something. But but the fear just rooted him to the spot and his father was very smart and figured out that something was up and he put two and two together. But anyway, that was an example of, um, you know, being frozen in fear. If you've ever watched any of those wildlife shows, my husband loves them. When you see a predator, oh goodness, in my house we scream. You see this lion or tiger or leopard or cheetah um, heading towards, inching towards a gazelle, and she just freezes in place. And then in, at the Arotere household, everyone is screaming, Run, run, you dummy, run. <laughs> the scripture says, Faith without works is dead. Works can mean action, it can mean movement, but you cannot have faith in your spirit and not apply your body in a nutshell. And it also doesn't mean that you have faith in your heart or in your spirit and then work separately as though they are two separate entities. Mm -mm. It means that you capture an imagined future And let that picture drive you to make a corresponding action that's related to the picture. So you can't have faith and keep it tucked away in your heart, hoping that one day what what you have faith for will materialize. An excellent example of someone who practiced faith, uh, as we're describing it, which is converting the invisible into the visible, was Noah. Noah is a person in the Bible historical figure who God told him to build this humongous ark because he was going to wipe away the earth and everyone in it except those who got into the ark. And he told Noah to get all the two a pair of each of the animals, male and female, into the ark and everybody else and everything else was going to be wiped out. Now bear in mind that up until that point, there had never been such a thing as water coming from heaven. They had no they not had rain. The, the plants were kept alive with water coming from springs. They had never had rain, not to talk about the whole earth becoming a sea of water. And Noah comes, who was most likely an oddity because he was the only righteous person, so I'm sure he looked odd as well. <laughs> he didn't have the latest fashions, I could imagine. Um, 
he goes and he starts telling them this ridiculous story that God says he's going to wipe away the earth and he's building this humongous uh, monstrosity, which he calls an ark and everybody needs to get in there. To be honest, it sounded really weird. And I'm not surprised that people laughed at him. I probably would have laughed too if I was there. Thank God I wasn't there. (laughs) My whole lineage would have been wiped off. Okay. So, but he went ahead and he did it. He built a, he, he, he responded to an impossible situation by building an invisible thing. But there's a type of action that can sabotage you if you're not careful. And that is talking. If we're connected on social, you've probably heard me say that talking is the counterfeit of doing. I believe that the imaginations and ideas we have long to be expressed in their physical form. They're not meant to sit in the mind waiting because your mind is a processor. It's an engine. It's not a container. It doesn't collect ideas for the ideas to sit there. And your ideas are not designed to remain within you either. There is this drive I believe they have their own energy and their own desire to be expressed. And that's why when you have an idea, you will do one of two things. You'll either talk about it or you'll carry it out. (laughs) One or the other. (laughs) Picture your ideas or goals as air filling up a balloon. The more air goes in, the larger the balloon gets and eventually it'll pop. And so your ideas and your imaginations and your visions are the air that's within you and it's blowing up and just filling up your mind and eventually it needs an outlet and it's got to come out. It's easiest for you to talk about it because it does a lot of effort and there are many willing people who will sit down and listen. My husband, bless him, hears my voice like 24-7 because <laughs> I don't stop talking about stuff. But more than just talking, you get this level of satisfaction that you've done some kind of work towards it. You've made some type of progress. And talking is a form of action because actions rely on your body just like talking relies on your mouth. And you're sabotaging yourself if all you're doing is talking about your ideas because the energy meant for doing is being used for speaking. But the flip side applies as well, which is that you can infuse faith into your spirit, into your mind with the words you speak. So you can choose to speak as though things are already done. It's already done and the rest of you will catch up. Faith is taking a step when you can't see the ground that your foot will stand on. And my third and final observation about faith versus fear is that Fear has plenty of allies, while faith has few. You'll find more people to agree with your fearfulness than to disagree with you. And that's because most people live from the outside in. You'll find them helping you to see the evidence of your fear as opposed to helping you to look deeper and encourage you to practice faith. I mean, there are people who will say, just hold on. I'm not saying that everyone around is just waiting for you to fall and they don't have faith. But 
a lot of times if we are looking for proof that our prayers won't be answered or that our venture will not work, it's very easy to find the evidence. And chances are there are people around you who will agree with you because faith doesn't make sense. It takes a special person to point out what you cannot see. And so when you find such people, just hold on to them. (laughs) Because no matter how faith-filled you are or how on fire for God you are, you will have moments when fear supersedes what you hope for. And that's when you need to reach out to one of your special friends to help you see the invisible. Another tip is to find stories of people who have done what you're afraid to do. So choose authentic storytellers, the ones who share the beautiful as well as the ugly. (laughs) Stay away from those who humbly brag about how amazing their life is because that's just going to leave you feeling like crap. There is such a thing as intention. Intention is the difference between what someone says and what they want others to hear. So, for example, I can announce the words, I want you to be inspired by my story. But what I really mean is, I want to be the one recognized for inspiring you so I can be celebrated and I can have all the glory. One seeks to serve you. The other seeks to serve me. So make sure you're building relationships and um, finding people who are authentic and are truly seeking to help you and to serve you. Also, recall the times you took a step of faith and it worked because the same God who helped you then is helping you now. So unlike the wild animals, we have the advantage of choosing our own habitat. We can choose to create an environment that will help us thrive Even if you don't have any faith-filled friends, you can join a group on social media of like-minded people. You can read books by people who have traveled this road you're about to embark on. And you can also fill your space with words of life. I've shared my system of holding phone conversations. There are people I will never speak to if I'm going through a tough time. And there are those that, well, usually the same people, actually. I wouldn't even answer their call if things are going really well, but it's still quite new because new ideas are fragile and you need to be able to guard them. So I have uh, certain people that I speak to at certain times only based on how I'm feeling or what I'm going through. I want to thank you for listening today. I feel honored to speak into your life every week and I hope my words positively impact your journey. And if they do, why don't you share this episode with a friend? And please give this podcast a five-star review wherever you're listening, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, because Apple thinks they are all that and some. (laughs) Have a productive week ahead and remember to live from the inside out. Bye.